Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 107, verses 1 to 9. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered from the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them in their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he satisfies the thirsty, and the hungry he fills with good things. Our second reading is from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. As God's chosen, chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Carol. Let us pray together. Gracious God, open our ears, our hearts, and our minds this day to your word, to your word that we have heard, read this morning. Send your Holy Spirit upon us so that we might hear your words to our hearts, to our lives, so that we might hear your call and respond in spirit and in truth. For we pray this in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen. There was a period in our life when we had a fairly full and extensive dress-up box in our playroom. Our children loved to play dress-up, and I won't reveal too much about which of our children enjoyed it most, since a few of them are here this morning, but there were multiple costume changes during any given day, and our costumes would go far beyond the standard you know, the doctor, the police officer, the firefighter, the superhero variety, or later, the princesses. We would play at bus drivers and pilots and, and pirates. My creativity was sometimes stretched when in order to keep these games alive, I had to actually make some of those costumes. We have photographic evidence of a lot of this, and we, one of my favorite pictures is of a reenactment that we had to do of the David and Goliath story. You don't find those costumes in Walmart. <laughs> Many children enjoy dressing up. 
assuming a new identity, becoming someone else. It's a common thing in any home with preschoolers or classrooms for there to be a dress-up box to allow their imaginations to run wild. And this morning in our reading from Paul, we find that Paul is talking to the Christians and telling them, reminding them, reminding them what it means to have their identity rooted in Christ. Prior to the passage that Carol read to us this morning, Paul speaks to the church about leaving behind their old ways, leaving behind their evil ways, their immoral thoughts, leaving behind lust and impurity and evil desires. And then he goes on in the passage we did read to speak about what it means to live lives that are changed by God's love. We are to put on this new identity. We are literally to be clothed in these attributes. But it's not like dressing up and putting on a pretend uniform. It's not just assuming a persona for an hour on a Sunday morning. It, doesn't need, it, it needs to come right to the core of who and what we are. And how does that take, change take place? This morning in this passage, I think there are three important things that we need to consider. Firstly, Paul tells us that we are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. I I wonder if you remember back to your days in the gym class when it was time to pick teams. I don't know if they still do that, but... Do you remember that dread as two captains were appointed and they proceeded to pick their teammates? Did you do that here? Yes, somebody over here is sighing. They remember. Do you remember the feeling in the pit of your stomach, the sweaty palms as you waited for your name to be called and you hoped that you would hear it quickly, right? You didn't want to be the last one standing there alone. We've all had an experience of not being chosen, not being chosen for the team, for the play, for the job, not being chosen for a date, for a spouse, for a promotion. Not being chosen carries the clear message that we are not good enough. We've failed in some way. We're not smart enough or fast enough. We don't have the right set of skills. We are not enough. And yet over and over again in scripture, we are told that we are chosen by God. And over and over again in the stories of our Bibles, we see God choosing sometimes the most unlikely people. Think of some of the heroes of our faith, of David and Moses and Sarah and Joseph. Think of the 12 disciples. Think of Paul himself chosen by God, chosen by Jesus, but perhaps they would not have been chosen by the world. Perhaps they would not have been chosen by us. We're told this morning in our scripture, before that we did anything, God chooses us, chooses us just as we are, without us having proved ourselves. God has chosen us, and we are holy and dearly loved. In our world today, I wonder how many people need to hear these words. In a world where we are constantly trying to prove ourselves and prove our worth, 
how often we have to remind ourselves and remind one another that we are already chosen, we are already loved, we are already enough because we are chosen by God. So the first thing I think we need to remind ourselves of today is that as individuals, as individuals, we are loved by God and chosen by God, chosen for a purpose. If you were listening as Carol read this morning in verse 12, we find one of the gospel writers and Paul's favorite words, this word, therefore. Anytime you see therefore in scripture, you should open your ears and your minds because something important is about to be said. And Paul this morning says to us, therefore, therefore, because you are chosen, therefore, here are the things that you must do. Because we are chosen, we are to find our identities in Christ. We are to be clothed in Christ. We are to put on the characteristics of Christ. We are to put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Now, when you got up this morning, I'm thankful that each of you made the decision of putting on some clothes. You all decided to put on some clothes that were appropriate for the weather and the setting. It's true that times have changed somewhat and we dress perhaps more casually for church than perhaps we did a generation ago. I'm not seeing many jackets and ties this morning. No hats and no gloves. But for most of us, for most of us, there are still some expectations, right? We still have different outfits for different occasions. We still have some kind of a dress code, even if it's one that we impose on ourselves. And we make those decisions intentionally. Being clothed with Christ needs to also come with some intention. Just like we look in our wardrobes in the morning and decide what to put on, we also need to make a conscious decision to choose compassion to choose kindness over fear and hatred. We need to remind ourselves to bring along humility and, and patience in much the same way that perhaps before you leave the house, you pick up a jacket or an extra sweater in case you get cold. And patience. Patience, for many of us, patience doesn't come naturally. We're often harried and hurried. And we find ourselves getting upset with others or the world around us, upset when we're forced to wait or we're, when something doesn't go according to plan. Many of the attributes that Paul talks about don't come naturally to us. We, we have to choose them. We have to cultivate them. We have to practice them. Paul goes on to remind the church that we are called to bear one another's burdens to forgive one another in the same way that God has forgiven us and to blanket all of these virtues with love. I wonder when, other, when others observe our lives, can they readily identify that we are clothed in Christ? Can they see the attributes of Christ in our lives? Are they our uniform? A uniform that is rec as recognizable as that of a police officer or a firefighter. 
I have a card in my wallet that contains a Henry Nouwen quote that asks, did I offer peace today? Did I bring a smile to someone's face? Did I say words of healing? Did I let go of my anger and resentment? Did I forgive? Did I love? These are the real questions. So the second point that Paul reminds us of this morning is that we are to think about the ways in which we interact with the world. How do we relate to others? How do we move through the world? How do we clothe ourselves in Christ's attributes? How do we get dressed in the morning to make sure that we represent God in our world? What is it that we put on? And then the third thing that Paul talks about this morning is how we are to be as a body of believers. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and counsel one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. This is a picture of the church that is a powerful one. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Paul reminds us to be a people that are filled with praise, filled with thankful hearts, people who come together to learn from one another. I am so thankful for the ways that this church continues to support the growth and faith development of all of our lives. We encourage one another to continue to learn and grow from each other through our small groups, through our mission trips, through our worship. So many ways that we can gather together, gather together to come before God in praise and in worship, gather together to learn and stretch our minds, gather together to struggle with what it means to be a Christian in our current world. So many ways in which we continue to call one another to strive to be the people God calls us to be. And then Paul finishes this passage to the church by saying, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all and in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, Ruth Graham had a sign above her kitchen sink that said, divine services held here three times a day. She spoke of how that sign reminded her that all of life can be brought to God in an act of worship, even washing the dishes. And I wonder, I wonder how much of our daily activities we come and bring before God, reminding ourselves that whatever we do, whatever we do, we should do it to the glory of God and give thanks to God. As our middle schoolers go out in, worship, in mission this week, they go out in the name of God, just as our high school, high school group did a few weeks ago. And all that they do, the work that they do, the fun that they have, the ways that they interact with one another in the world, all that they do will be done in the name of Christ they will be challenged, as all of us are challenged. They will be called, perhaps, to stretch themselves beyond their own comfort zones. But in all of that, 
In all of that, Paul calls them and calls us to clothe ourselves in Christ with compassion, humility, and gentleness, and peace. And whatever we do, to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God. All of us are called to that same life, a life of worship and gratitude to God in all parts, wherever we go, whatever we do, whoever we interact with. So it's my hope and my prayer as we continue the summer as wherever you might go, wherever your travels might take you, whether at work or play, you might clothe yourselves. You might intentionally get up in the morning and decide to wear compassion, to wear humility, to wear gentleness, to wear peace, to wear love. And see how the world around you might change. See how people's attitudes towards you might change as you go about your daily living, trusting, trusting that God calls you to live in this way because you are chosen, because you are holy, because you are loved. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.